0: People thought this was not going to be the case, that we actually ended forever, but look at we us. We did not. No, look no, at no. Us. Look at us. Look
1: at us. <laughs> Can you believe we're here? Look at us. We are back. We're, like, honestly better than ever. We just this recorded true. a whole Patreon episode about how we spent the last four months really thinking about what our goals were yeah. with this and what our goals were with life. Yes.
0: And... I just feel fantastic about where we've landed. I know we're back better than ever, and we're ready to start this new phase of the podcast. Right? Exactly. Exactly.
1: It was so smart of us just to toot our own horns. <laughs> to- we're tooting. brilliant for giving ourselves the time and space. This summer was like full blown chaos, like yes. from start to finish. We would have really probably started resenting each other by the yes. end. <laughs> I don't think we would have resented each other to the point of not being able to be friends anymore, but the no. podcast for sure would have died because it we would just have been so much going on. And yep. there's nothing that's more of a podcast killer than people who are fucking busy and not yes. able to coordinate times to meet with each other. And there's always going to be some level of frustration with that. And we avoided it altogether by giving we ourselves did. the summer off. And using that time to cr- come up with a creative plan of how we're going to move forward. Exactly. So, Esther's going to choose a card for the day, and then we're going
0: to talk about what our plan moving forward actually is. Yay! Woohoo! <laughs> okay, I'm using Sawyer's Tarot from a friend Jamie, <laughs> because friend. it was close by. That's a deck that we're not going to be talking about today, so. <laughs> 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 One, two, three, four, five. Six, seven. I don't want two three four five six seven did I you all miss that you. <laughs> <laughs> i have missed it i've missed it so much I you, like, we we did know. get a question in the discord over the over the summer like last week i think about my counting method and everyone was so kind they're like it's on our instagram and i'm like thank yeah, you all
1: you can find it she's just a weirdo but we
0: love her we love her <laughs> and our card for the episode is the page of pentacles oh my god i love it uh, so much it's, so ah, it's good i love the page of pentacles that's a
1: fantastic card for for today too because we're about to lead into explaining what our new methodology of podcasting is going to be and we've decided based on a suggestion from a very sweet listener to switch to seasons yes it seems so obvious but we were
0: really thinking that that wouldn't work I guess right right because we're not there's no way that'll work well because most podcasts, as we discussed before, went to seasons after it was like we started the podcast. Right. Exactly. As well as the fact that most podcasts that do seasons have like a topic for that specific season to talk about, where ours is not that way. Ours is more of like a talk show review podcast,
1: blah, blah, blah. Right. And also just like two friends chatting. Exactly. The the clang that Esther probably edited out, but just in case she didn't, (laughs) was me realizing that my entire notebook was under both laptops that I have. My setup in this office is insane, <laughs> but I had to basically move a bunch of stuff to get my, uh, my notebook with our actual plans. So <laughs> we decided rather than doing like one season a year, which just isn't enough for our little podcast loving right. brains, we're going to do three seasons a year. Yes. So we're going to cons- uh, consistently do seasons in September through November. So a good solid fall season. Yes. September, November. Then we're going to do our second season each year. This is, okay, I think of it as second season because my brain works on the quarter system for my job as an academic advisor. Technically, I guess, the first season each year would be February to March. February and March. We'll do eight weeks of episodes. We've already started getting people, like, kind of approaching us about interviewing some of our friends who have books coming out. Looking at you, Claire. Looking at you, Nancy. So we'll be doing eight weeks of episodes this this season starts our very first fall season. We'll yes. be doing September through November. Yes. Um then we'll be doing February through March mm-hmm. and then we'll be doing May through
0: June. Yes. So yes. we'll have
1: these kind of built-in breaks and we were doing the math on the Patreon episode that we just recorded <laughs> so we wouldn't have to do it on the real episode, the regular feed episode. Um, because you know how we feel about doing math live on air, <laughs> we can, but it's never great. It's never. Uh, it's and rarely right. Also, we right. did it wrong because the first season is September through November, not September and October. So right. it is more than twenty. Right. This, this
0: this first one is because we came back oh, a right, month earlier. We September, decided to so. include like a three monthish in this first one before we transitioned right, to an actual next a, one. Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, good call, Esther.
1: So rather than trying to do 52 or really realistically, we probably did usually like 49, 48 or 49 episodes per year we're going to be doing like 24 to 28 episodes per year. Yeah. Which is significantly less and allows us to continue to freaking love doing this instead of feeling like we're buying decks that we don't care about just because we need content. Exactly. Or whatever.
0: Right, right. (laughs) Exactly. And also like we're not only are we able to be more intentional, but also we will get those rest periods that we figured out this year that we do. That we really need. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And it's just
1: so funny because I think that, like, it's really, really easy to say, like, well, you live and you learn. And then when you're actually living and learning, you're like, no, I'm fucking everything up. (laughs) But the reality is we've been doing this for four years. And we finally allowed ourselves to really learn that Mm -hmm. we have to just not be podcasting for the summer. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's the only thing that works for us. And so having this sort of uh, seasonal approach is going to really change things. And we were talking about this on the Patreon episode, but there might be seasons that we'll do themed like we'll do the entire spring season in a specific theme or whatever. Mm -hmm. But we're also not going to pressure ourselves to do that too much because this is really we're kind of going back to the basics of this being because we love podcasting. We love hearing ourselves
0: talk, and we love yes. each other. I mean, we're two fixed signs. What else yeah. do you want from us? We have opinions, and we think all of you should hear them. And and follow them, preferably, you know. Yeah,
1: exactly. And do what we say if we have yeah. any any say in the matter at all. So I think that that's going to be great. And obviously, yeah. we'll see how it goes. If we feel like we're not able to like do enough or whatever, we can always adjust it later. But I think going into this upcoming school year and mm-hmm. season structure is really... Uh like in the way that we're approaching it is just really helping my brain kind of yes. wrap my head around it. So right. it feels like way more sustainable for us to be doing it this way.
0: Exactly. So yeah. I
1: can't remember who that listener was that was like, you can switch to seasons now, but we're forever in your debt. Yes.
0: Thank you for <laughs> releasing us from the expectation we placed upon ourselves. Four yeah, years exactly. Ago. Exactly.
1: <laughs> and who knows, maybe in the summer we'll keep re-releasing the right. summer school episodes we did last summer, just so that they're always sort of like within the first year of feeds so that people right. can access it. But at the same time, like based on the way that community building on our preferred platform of social media, Instagram has been going for everybody in the last two years. I think that we're probably not in a period of growth of listenership. And we just want to make sure that our current listeners still are our friends and that we're doing right by you and that everything is going well for that rather than like trying to expand.
0: Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs)
1: We need to focus our expansion in other areas, not just listenership. <laughs> yeah. So yeah,
0: I don't know. I'm stoked. I'm so excited yeah, me about too. this. Me too. It, uh, for me, it's a nice, like I said on the Patreon episode, like the season, I was able to realize like how much I was performing for other people, like yeah. not only in the podcast and no, Instagram, in but also in my life. Yeah. Because as a teacher, you're kind of performing for students all the time. You're performing for coworkers. Well, and just as a person
1: in the world, you're like, yeah. you're trying to convey a vibe to your parents and your friends and everything. And when it feels like it's just so much of you being like, how are these people perceiving me and what can I do to make sure that they're not disappointed in
0: me? Right. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So this it's going to seasons like this allows some time to step back, reevaluate what's important and then continue on. Exactly. Exactly. I love it, and we're
1: still getting questions from listeners. So we are we even have the ability to do that still. So exactly. nothing is really going to majorly change, except for that we won't be so rushed to like yes. make and exhausted to make sure that we're constantly every single week having brand new
0: stuff. Exactly, so exactly. I'm
1: really excited to see where this goes, and I'm just so happy to be here with you, Esther.
0: I it's so love nice you. To talk to you and to talk <laughs> to everybody else. Exactly uh oh i guess we'll give you the first question oh i get the first carrie. question of the episode okay so this is we're, from we're carrie. getting our, our f-
1: groove back <laughs>
0: <sighs> Whew, okay can, it, can I, do I remember how to read off an ipad okay <laughs> how do you it's spell the, how do you say this word this word we'll, we'll see if we can we can get through this okay yeah so this is from carrie and she says i'm an atheist leaning towards agnosticism I said that word properly. You look did. At and look at how many letters it was. I know. And <laughs> I have been trying to figure out where I fit in the tarot world. I understand that there is no right way to tarot, but it's hard to feel like I belong somewhere amongst spirits, angels, chakras, twin flames, mediumships, cleansing, and all that from the spiritual realm. I was hoping to learn more about what I need to know about reading tarot in a secular manner and how I can, de- and how I can I develop and flourish in my tarot journey in this niche. P.S. I am also interested in learning about your takes on secular tarot. Funny story, we started out secular tarot. So if you listen <laughs> Did, to our early episodes, we ever,
1: <laughs> we're very much figuring out, like yes. in the early seasons or early episodes, we're very much figuring out like where we stand for stuff. Exactly.
0: And I think we're still figuring it out. Absolutely. It's a, yeah. If you ever think that you
1: know for sure, then you should be examining that. Yes. Not, you know, like it's the whole entire. Like Socratic thing is just mm-hmm. like we're supposed to be working, like knowing that I don't know is the strength, or whatever. Right. Um, but I totally get it. I think, yeah, we, a lot of people have been through that, and yes. I still feel like, in some ways, we are like we mm-hmm. have our own backgrounds, and we're kind of trying to like navigate how we currently feel and like disentangle that from things that we were told as children. Right. Right. Ultimately, I feel like I've sort of settled on sort of like universal energy, which is just mm-hmm. sort of like the hippie dippy level that I'm comfortable with. I'm sort of an animist. I feel like like, you know, plants yeah. and animals all have energies and spirits mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, so that's what works for me. But I do feel like even within that, it's like any sort of structure or hierarchy, then you have to identify what's, the reason for your feelings about that, but overall, I would say that if you're interested in like secular tarot, the keywords to search in that process are Jungian, J-U-N-G-I-A-N. Oh yes, yes, that yes. is the uh, psychotherapist who sort of like a lot of people who are more secular tarot readers utilize his symbolism and his ideas really heavily in their readings. Mm -hmm. And so researching it, if you're looking for that sort of vibe, researching him and like people who utilize his thoughts in their tarot is going to be the easiest way to find resources for more of a secular tarot reading.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, surprise, surprise. I like Holly, we have arrived at a similar thing, but on separate paths, you know, Uh where for me, I am definitely more of a, universalist feeling of Mm -hmm. spirits. If there's some sort of energy out there that we've just given that energy a name, that's where I've kind of landed. Uh, And this was not intentional. We've Holly and I have not really talked about this in a long, long time. So, (laughs) so that's where I've kind of landed as well. And I'm an animist as you know, like, because to me, I'm like talking to the dog, I'm misusing that word. I mean, the reality of the
1: situation is that neither of us are particularly,
0: spiritually
1: extremely and also more so than anything is that we're not looking for other people's input right so that means that like the language that we're using like for a while what was I saying that I was like oh I really relate to this Maybe like a naturalist or something, and then I mm-hmm. found out that that was a euphemism oh, for yes. a, nudist a nudist in the yes, UK. Naturalist. Yes, it's, and I yes. I was like,
0: oh no, that's not no, what animism I meant at all. No, yeah, animism is that belief that living things have a spirit. Yeah, that should be honored. That I just is wanted animism. to make sure that there wasn't something more
1: official that we were just. I, I don't stepping think all so. over. There is. <laughs> that's what it yeah. Is.
0: Yeah. So, I
1: mean, and honestly, like, I've gone through phases where, you know, the star seed thing really resonated yeah. with me. And then it turns out that I just had a really serious thyroid condition that was, making me like, <laughs> feel completely disassociated yeah. from my body. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even put that together until just now. That's so adorable. All of my feelings of disassociation were just <laughs> hormonal, Esther.
0: <laughs> well, whatever.
1: I if mean, I'd stuck with that but, path, it would have been fine, too.
0: But we are both, like, people that are, like... Medicine works. Right. Science exactly. is a thing to believe in. You know, right, there right. are reasons that things exist in the universe and that's okay. That science, this thing to me, it's like science is basically labels for magic, you know, right. stuff in the past that we didn't understand that people called magic. We've now have a term for that science stuff. It's like willow bark tea. At one point, yeah.
1: people who are making willow bark tea for pain management, it was like, right. Like medicine practice, a hedge witchy sort of medicine practice. But aspirin is made out of extracts from willow bark. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, like, ultimately. You have to always leave the door open for your own thought process expanding. Mm -hmm. But if you're looking at sticking with more of the, like, atheistic or agnostic Mm -hmm. um, tarot readings, focusing on archetypes, which is part of the Jungian uh, tarot reading that the archetypes are something that is not necessarily spiritual or religious. Right. Like if you think about like the hero's journey, and we talk about this in the book a little bit. Uh, If you think about the hero's journey, that's been sort of a structure of storytelling since people started telling each other stories. Mm -hmm. Like there always has to be the rise, then the fall, then the, you know, regrowth. Right. Unfortunately, Christianity has like created such an idea that that is like a Christian thing, like redemption as a Christian trope. That there's a, it can be hard to see after the fall and the redemption part as something other than Christianity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or then rejecting that significantly and going and finding some other God to stand in for Jesus, which is something that I think a lot of people who were raised in Christian households or just like, you know, influenced by American society, which is so. Evangelical and has been since the 1800s in some way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. uh, even though it's gotten like way more aggressively conservative in the last 100 years. The evangelicalism has always been, I mean, and I'm not saying this as like a nationalist, but it right. always has been part of the kind of like a. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about all the new religious movements that started in the mid 1800s. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. It can be really <laughs> tempting for a lot of us who are raised in the United States to just replace sort of Christian mores with yes. mores related to other God figures. Yes. And so I do think that sometimes it is important to allow yourself to sort of move beyond that and to mm-hmm. identify why a certain figure is, you're feeling drawn to a certain figure. Like Esther with her St. Anthony lost. Oh, items yeah. thing. <laughs> like uh-huh. Esther is not actually under Esther's not using St. Anthony as a, the one who's actually finding it. She's using that as like a symbol for the energy of helping to find something. Yeah. So thinking about it, like sort of separating it from like literal to figurative and also identifying what parts are like leftover sort of societal expectations of spirituality and what parts are actually what you think is Mm -hmm. kind of crucial. Yeah. And then like, don't let people talk you into thinking that you're doing things wrong. Like, it's okay if you feel like you're sort of lost in the middle of this because a right. lot of it is people who are trying to sell you something saying, exactly. you don't know what's going on and I do, so come trust me about this. Right, right. And anytime some like, especially the, the, upsettingly, the cultural appropriation of chakras has made it so that people who are trying to sell you something about feeling something in your body mm-hmm. will say, well, if you just pay attention to the chakras and you, you know, buy these specific crystals or the specific right. oil or whatever, then your, you know, heartache will feel better or mm-hmm. your joints will feel better or whatever. They've really, a lot of white people in the United States have really co-opted that language in order to sell you something specifically. Yes. yes. So, so, if somebody's trying to sell you something, especially when it's like this is the truth and I right. can help you access it, you just need to be wary of that and not
0: feel self-conscious for rejecting it because you're mm-hmm. allowed to. And I think we had this conversation like a couple months ago personally or maybe with a group of friends where it was that if someone sets them up as themselves up as a sort of Yeah teacher figure to follow that's to me a big warning sign
1: yeah
0: not because like we can't learn from other people but they are now invested to get money from their followers for their lifestyle and like you know for for us you know we enjoy collaborating enjoy teaching you know so there there's a you know slight exchange but we're also not like peddling Things right.
1: and I think that that's kind of the thing that you have to identify is like what are they trying to sell me and right. like especially with I think it's so pervasive in culture now to sort of look to somebody to be this yes like, sort of iconic guide yeah. and even I do that this is such a stupid example but I just love her so much like there's this TikToker named Becca Murray who. I love, she's like a couple years older than me. She does a lot of like slow fashion stuff and like thoughtful eating and whatever. She just is so cool. And Mm -hmm. I was finding myself and this is not her fault at all because she's not trying to sell me anything. But I was even finding myself being like, I wonder like what perfume does she use? Like uh, just Uh being like way too interested in like, she has this, the answers to like everything that I right. Because I keep going through phases, and I have my whole life where I'm like, I need to find a signature scent. I'm a tourist. Oh. <laughs> this is like an area where I could be so luxurious to myself, and I just haven't. Yeah. And for some reason, whenever I go through this phase, I always want somebody to like tell me what to buy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I did the exact same thing with Becca Murray, even though she's never suggested that. But I just uh-huh. think she's so cool right? that I was like, I would do, I would basically purchase almost anything that she recommended. Exactly. And... Then my brain is like, okay, but why? And the Mm -hmm. reality is, she's not getting anything out of me, like going and finding Rihanna's Fenty lip stain. Like Mm -hmm. she's not partnered with them or anything. So then it feels less problematic for me to be turning to her for like solutions because she's not getting anything out of it, really. But also, you just have to always identify who you're thinking is the one with the answers, and then figure out if that's appropriate or not
0: (laughs) yeah yeah because i it's really good to have people like for me it's like oh their house is like this i'd like for my house to be like this and so it's a nice goal to sort of have like to understand what your likes and desires are but then there becomes like that toxic where you have to feel like you have to keep up with that person right to almost i don't want to say become that person but like in your own way emulate yourself you know in that So, and since
1: that's so part of like, especially when we've all been less social over the last two and a half years. Yeah. And so we're connecting with people online in new ways and it can feel like, you know, some people's lives seem way easier and less Mm -hmm. stressful. And so what are they doing and how can I do that? Exactly. And it's the same thing with religion. And that's why we have to just like really critique our own gut reactions to stuff Mm -hmm. because nobody has all of the answers. The funny thing about like modern kind of cult leaders, like, did you watch that Teal Swan documentary?
0: Yeah. Uh, maybe I've seen a lot of, thoughts. she does this Swan.
1: whole thing where she's like,
0: I'm not saying I have oh, the answers. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just
1: saying a lot of people think I have the answers. So right. even so, that's what I was just going to say. Is that like, <laughs> in modern sort of cultiness, the uh-huh. leaders know that they have to say, "I don't have the answers." Right. But then, if they're saying, "I don't have the answers," but a lot of people think that I do, or "I don't have the answers," but I'm trying my best, and here's what you can buy. Right. In order here's to my also four thousand dollar best. class. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like I think people are wise enough now to know that they have to act somewhat humble. But even right. so, like every time you're feeling like a draw to being a specific kind of spirituality in any way, shape or form, identifying the reason that you're being drawn to that Mm -hmm. and like what it's sparking for you. And if you can access that in other ways is like kind of the key to continuing to move forward. Yeah. But it's absolutely fine to still be totally an atheist when you're doing this. But I do feel like there's something that happens for a lot of tarot readers where you're feeling more connected to the, energy of the world around you and then you can be like well you know now i'm gonna garden more or i'm gonna you know rescue animals or whatever and it can make Mm -hmm. you feel more connected in ways that like bring out some spirituality
0: right (laughs) yeah Yeah. you you, there you don't have to have you personally don't have to have have a label and the energies you work with don't need a label either it can be like ancestors, it can be, you know, the things that are, it, it have be to be the angels, cards you know, things like that. You don't need to have these labels no. and on the things that you are with. And be careful with the angels,
1: with. because if you're, like, researching, working with angels on the internet with tarot, there are some real wackos who yes. use angel language in tarot because they know that there's, like, this group of people who either were Christians or are Christians who are not mm-hmm. feeling fulfilled. And yeah, there's a lot of manipulation that can happen with the angel language. Yes. Specifically. Yes. But just with anything, twin flames, any yeah. of that stuff, like it's just, everything is so rife with manipulation. It's honestly one of the reasons why there are so many scammers on Instagram now. Like, yeah. Although and I don't so many think people still fall for sp- them. I know. I was thinking, is anyone still falling for them? But the people who are like reaching out to people and being like, What is the one? How do they all
0: start it with? They're like like, my beloved, dear beloved of of
1: joy and peace. (laughs) I haven't gotten one for a while. Actually, I I keep deleting them. We need to ask
0: Rachel because Rachel hasn't memorized. Hello,
1: my beloved, is the one that I have currently in my spam section. The spirit directed me to deliver an important message to you from the realm of the universe, and it's very important. Do you want me to consider you for a reading? No.
0: Like, I, no. like, I don't know how people, how, how long it's been going on, like eight months, 12 months by now. Yeah. Like it's how people are still following, fa- falling for it. I know. And because I think
1: like, f- I think like when we first started this podcast, people would say people would like offer readings yeah. via DM. Yeah, they would. And that's how we, that's how we got to know each other. I mean, it was on Facebook, not on Instagram, but we right. were like offering readings to strangers.
0: But, but we, but it was we were just kind of they, in a, it was kind of like in a closed group too, and right? It wasn't that's saying, true. It wasn't give just us money in the world,
1: yeah. And we it also like, didn't take any money for it. We were just yeah, doing exactly. it for practice, right? But I don't know. I mean, obviously, we have so many thoughts about this because we haven't talked about it for like four months. But I just think that like you absolutely can be an atheist tarot yeah. reader, but eventually you might feel yourself drawn to a specific area, and when you do, just make sure that you're being really reflective and thoughtful about why and how you can access that. And if anyone, you know, stands to earn something
0: out of your revelation yeah, yourself. And there's no pressure to move towards agnosticism or move towards a spiritualism. You can do whatever you want to do. And I think like the beauty of
1: like having lived experiences going through this is that things will change. Yeah. So you're allowed to change. Yeah. And actually, you have to. There's no getting around it. <laughs> <laughs> and if you think about, like, the people who are the most uh, detrimental to, like, American society today, they're often people who are refusing to change. To change, Even with yeah. new information. They just get so stuck in their, like, ideas of how mm-hmm. things work. And that's so dangerous. Yeah. And just
0: bad for the world. Yeah.
1: We're not yeah. going to bring up climate change because it'll make Esther not be able to sleep tonight.
0: But... I'm medicated now, so it's oh, a little yeah. better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm medicated.
1: Medication. Now. We both are on medications that are really helping with I our know. brains.
0: Who knew that I was de- you know, deep depression since I childhood? <laughs> Not me. Who knew? Who knew that having an underactive thyroid
1: could cause deep depression? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I certainly didn't. <laughs> oh man, it's so wild. Human bodies were just so I know. So lucky <laughs> so that they function as well I'm as so they do. I thankful for medication. I saw some like TikTok story the other day about this little girl, this mom who had her baby. And then two weeks later, there was some unde- undetected heart defect. And two weeks after the baby was born, she died. And oh. I was like, how does that not happen more? Like, we're oh just so gosh. fragile. One thing can it's go true. wrong. Yep. It's just, it's just like wild that so many of us live. Are still alive. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> not, for for of, not for lack of
0: trying. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Then do you think I mean, seriously,
1: seriously, just like yep. crushing your? F- I mean, the finger injury that I got where I broke my finger because I crushed it between a pool deck and a cement umbrella stand that could have killed me. Yeah, because S- I could have gotten an infection. Snake bite to my me. hand. Yeah. Oh yeah, we didn't. Talk, we talked about that on Patreon. What if Esther Snake's bitter, and she will not blame the snake for this. She will not, not blame her, the it's, snake it's for the this. Big,
0: it's the big snake, but it's not her fault.
1: No, but she did get the was meatiest to, part of your hand. She
0: did get the meat. She, <laughs> I was like, it's not her fault. It's it looks like rat size, and she eats the same she size. Left. It's not her fault. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're I'm a I'm very a... <laughs> loving pet owner. It's
0: I mean, not your fault. my cat now... looks just like a rat. I will admit, I'm now very jumpy around all the snakes. Now, like anytime oh, they come, no. I'm just like ah, you know, it's not their fault. It's me because they're like I'm just like so jittery. Yeah, but... it's almost like humans have been scared of snakes for millennia. But I wasn't <sighs> scared of them until this very moment. Apparently, I know so it's fine. It's fine. So... so when
1: I said when we were recording earlier, the snake on the top is being very active. You had a little like moment of like. Ah! are they They're gonna
0: like, get out are you gonna get it out it's fine it's fine
1: but now you get to tell people you've been bitten by a snake which is pretty badass
0: and i have like the war wound to prove it so like the scars <laughs> are still there with the teeth marks
1: such a badass all right question two let's answer charlie's question yes charlie says i'm so excited you're back to podcasting soon she's purchased a couple of decks recently My question is career related. I moved overseas last year and took a job in my field. That was a slight step back from what I was doing before. It's been nearly a year in my current role. And I feel like I'm getting a bit run around as to when it will be possible for a promotion. My manager and I have now planned for me to join a newly developed group. Once I finish my current project, the idea is that this will set up a strong argument for why I should be promoted early next year. Since I'd already be acting in the role anyway, I've been burned by this. In the past, though, that was going to be my very first reaction is like, oh, yeah. Yeah. yikes, uh-huh. danger. Not to mention this new group is in a lot of flux. It could be combined with another group at any moment or the product uh, that the group deals with could be dropped entirely. Because I've been burned before, I've started to apply elsewhere. Even taking some action while waiting at my current company helps me helps calm me down. Smart, Charlie. Good. Smart. My questions to you are, would it be a better option for me to stick with my current company or to keep a more open mind to opportunities elsewhere? What kind of experiences would I have in this new team and my current company? Would it be a good next career step for me or would it end up crashing and burning? And what kind of mindset slash approach should I take to this whole situation? So we can just start from the top. Exactly. I'm, I'm like, these
0: are really great
1: questions. I know. To pull
0: cards for. Excellent job, Thank you, Charlie. Charlie.
1: <laughs> All right. So yeah, I think that doing like a two path thing for that first question, would it be a better yeah. option for me to stick with my current company or keep a more open mind? We'll just vibe check sticking yes. at current company versus keeping an open mind and then kind yes. of go from there. I love it. And what
0: deck are you using? Are you still I'm using still Sawyer? using Sawyer's Tarot.
1: Okay. It's beautiful. And it I is. am using Cosmic Tarot, my 1986. 88 edition Uh, Norbert Loesch the creator of this deck died in the last couple of Mm. months so I love the chapter we wrote about his deck I love yeah I love the chapter about this deck and I will always love this deck a lot so uh, you know may your memory be a blessing Norbert and we're using your deck now in your honor yes so Mm. would it be a better option for Charlie to stick with her current company or keep a more open mind to opportunities elsewhere vibe check current company yep okay Oh man, I okay. freaking <laughs> I love tarot
0: so much. What did you What did you get?
1: Well, I pulled Wheel of Fortune at first. Oh, which okay, is just, okay. Like so classic in this sort of thing. Of course. What did you get? Oh, you, I pulled two
0: cards. I got oh. the High Priestess and the Two of Wands. So okay. to me, this it seems to be like there's High Priestess, High Priestess. I know that she gets that. like a very beautiful, you know. Meaning, but also to me it's like there's stuff under the the surface there's that like deeper like level you have to go and with especially with the two of wands here they have plans but they're not coming up yet there's not like uh, there's not like the magician where it's immediately happening right there's a lot of still mystery involved here and i got the wheel of fortune and then pulled another card and it was the six of
1: pentacles okay so i feel like this There's a lot of, this would, the vibe check at the current position is like, there's so much unknown, you're not in control, there may be something in the works, but you'd be giving a lot of yourself while you're like waiting for the wheel to turn in your
0: favor. Right, right. It's not a exchange of equals, it's an exchange of one has more information than the other. Right, exactly.
1: All right, so let's vibe check the idea of keeping a more open mind. Okay.
0: Keeping an open mind.
1: I'm just so happy to be back, Esther.
0: <laughs> do you want to know what I got? Yeah, I desperately do. <laughs> I got okay. I got the Queen of Cups. Okay, so okay, Queen of Cups, and your favorite card for when we're in decisions the about two of swords. <laughs> yes, the two. Of and swords. I got the Seven of Cups and the okay. Five of Pentacles. Oh my
1: gosh! Okay. But I almost think that the Seven of Cups and Five of Pentacles are saying, like, the number of options. If you, like, are paralyzed by the number of options, then you will end up suffering. Right. Like, maybe monetarily or whatever, but also just, like, if you're not able to make the choice, if you're sort of stuck in this, like, looking at these options, you'll suffer from it. And the Two of Swords indicates, as we've learned through my 2016 or I guess 2017 constant two of swords pulling is that when the two of swords comes up, especially paired with the queen of cups to me, yeah. you already know what you want to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: You, yeah, I see- think that you already know you want to look for a new job.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. And keeping I, yeah. all the options open is what's causing strife. Exactly. That's to me what it it kind of boils down to. It's not that you're because you're already keeping options open by already kind of pursuing other things. Right. It's the fact yeah. that you're paralyzed by having too many options right, right. now. Right. And the And the, the Queen problem.
1: of Cups is like, emotionally, you know that giving so much of yourself in your current role will hurt you. You've been burned by it before. You yeah. have the emotional knowledge and understanding of yourself to know that, like, that's not going to work. And having mm-hmm. the Two of Swords be paired with the Queen of Cups is like... The emotional side knows and the, the like critical thinking side is feeling a little bit stuck. Yes. But as I've learned from the two of swords through that whole year, it's like, you know what you have to do. And it's funny actually for that to come up in this specific setting, because when I was getting the two of swords all the time, I was doing the exact same thing. I had just started a new job. I'd been in the job for less than a year. It was going So poorly. I was really hating it. I was still Mm -hmm. getting the job done. People were like really impressed with my work, but I was freaking miserable. And I knew that I needed to leave, but I felt like it hadn't been enough time or I'd be judged or whatever. It was like almost literally this exact same situation. Yeah. Yeah. And so I kind of love that it came up here, especially paired with the Queen of Cups, because the Queen of Cups is telling you, like, you've learned this lesson before Mm -hmm. almost. Like, you have the emotional knowledge to know that you don't want to put up with that again. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I almost think. Do you want to talk about what experiences she'd have in the new team in the current company? We can. Yeah, I, I don't. Th- yeah,
0: especially because it seems like this may be happening before she finds a new job. Essentially, yeah, that's true. That's true. It's so we can just pull like what will happen with the team. I'm not putting my other cards back. I'm oh, just... I just did, but I okay. will try to remember what they were. Okay. <laughs> So, yeah. So we'll see what, it's like, experiences with the new team at yeah. the Torn Company.
1: Hmm.
0: Okay. What did you get? Uh, the Page of Wands and okay. the Eight of Swords. Nope, Six okay. of Swords. I lied. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I got the Prince
1: of Pentacles and the Emperor. Oh, so I feel like there's a lot of bureaucracy here and you would have like the Six of Swords is really interesting in that position because you're sort of doing this thing where you're trying to like backdoor into a higher mm-hmm. role. So it is going to feel a oh. little bit sneaky. And they- oh, no. Esther is left oh, meeting. What did you do? Hold on. <sighs> Let's get her back in here. <laughs> Jeez what the hell? I'm not going to stop recording. Add people. <laughs> Celestial Join. Esther.
0: What is going on? Oh, there on? you are. You're back. I literally clicked the screen on accident, trying to move my cards. <laughs> it was and like, it, and it, it ex- left the meeting.
1: Okay. <laughs> I was like, like, okay, well, fine. Okay, what sorry. What the hell, sorry. man? It is the middle of the night for you. It is. It and is you are still recovering from AM. COVID.
0: <laughs> it is true. <laughs> it's fine.
1: All right. So, uh, what were you saying? Oh, I feel like the, because there's sort of this like, attempt at kind of like back yourself into a yes. higher role it will feel very six of swordsy and you got the page of swords? i got the
0: page of wands page of wands so to me there's not gonna not going to be a equal treatment like you may expect having more of a leadership role going in yeah but that's not but you're not going to be treated that way
1: and even with the prince of pentacles it's kind of the same thing it's like right like the prince is the knight. And so there's kind of like this, you might be able to like move one step in front of the other, but you're also being perceived as being new still. Right. And I think paired with the emperor, it's also like there's a bureaucracy here and Mm -hmm. that's going to feel very much overwhelming as you're sort of trying to do these like six of swords moves to get what you want. And also you're dealing with the feeling of being seen as still being kind of like, new or fresh at least. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Interesting. All right. So then I guess we can just move on to the last question.
0: Yeah. The mindset. Cause I don't think, so the second part of that question
1: was, would it be a good next career move or would it end up crashing and burning? I don't think it's, crashing and burning but i do think that it's slogging and not maybe that's
0: not appealing like yeah yeah, you're dealing
1: with sort of bureaucratic structures and the unknown and the wheel of fortune like kind of taking its time
0: and the thing is that you're being told that this is going to be promotion for you that this is going to be a step up for you but with especially two pages coming out
1: yeah it
0: doesn't seem that the promises may be fulfilled as quickly as right. they're like there kind may of, be an pers- expectation you know, ex- that you're yeah, exactly.
1: Moving through the rest <clears throat> of the court cards before they'll like, let you do what you want or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. <sighs> Tricky. Okay. So what mindset should Charlie take approach to the, or take for the whole situation? This is my favorite question in any situation, because when you have the mindset in mind, it allows you to make decisions more easily. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just into it. What mindset? Ooh, I got the King of Wands.
0: Oh, okay. I got, I, I pulled two again. I <laughs> got the Hanged Person okay. and the Three of Cups. Oh, interesting. So it, things may not move, in the King of Wands, things may not move as quickly as you'd like for them to be, but focusing on the relationships is what's going to be important, I yeah. think.
1: And also, I think maybe looking for places where you can be a leader, like you already know that you can, mm-hmm. yeah. like you have this sort of like natural ability for it, you're able to get stuff done, and so looking for opportunities for leadership that are maybe more pure than like the six of swords with this sort of new strategy you're considering would be also a good uh, mindset and approach to take as you're doing this.
0: Yeah. And with the hanged person there, to me, it's more not that you're not going to get another job, but don't expect this one to fulfill things as quickly right now. So right. don't depend on that. Like, well, that's why you also, can look for other opportunities. The is because... changing a
1: perspective of like, is this giving up to yeah. something where like, I want the leadership and how do I do that? Yeah. Rather than like, is leaving now giving up on something that could be fabulous. I don't think that it is something that would be fabulous soon enough for you to not be sick and right. to try to find something else anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good luck, Charlie. You'll have to keep us updated. Yes, and now that we're please. back, you can.
0: <laughs> yes, you can. Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, I think that we are going to give a couple minutes into what different media we've consumed. Um, specifically, probably stuff that's at least like slightly magical. Oh, yeah. But actually, not for me at all. Two of the things that I want to talk about aren't at all. Um, that we did during hiatus. And I think Yay. that we both can say that we did not buy very many decks while we were on hiatus. Nope. So good for us. We did. Us. Not.
0: I know, look at Addressing us. Addressing <laughs> our consumerism. Yeah. <laughs> just just kind of purchasing whatever, you know, tickled our fancy and yeah. received that, but that was it. Yeah. So one thing that I got over the hiatus is that Thomas
1: from Hermit's Mirror sent me another copy of the Lifeline Lenorical. Len oh, Len yes, Oracle. yes, yes. But this is the one that has more color in it. Mm-hmm. And it's just so pretty, and I appreciate that a lot. And I really, yeah. I mean, we've talked, we we talked with Thomas about the Lenoracle but yes. I really like the um, increasingly available options for these sort of like Lenormand slash Oracle mixes. I think that it's a really good addition to our like, you know, toolbox. And one of the, uh, kickstarters that I supported over the hiatus also was our friend, Logan, um, who had a really, are you taking a picture of your dog? I see. Yes. Yes. I I (laughs) was
0: going to send it to you right now. (laughs) Yay. He's about to push himself off the couch again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it so much. So Logan Larkin Legend did the uh, Pink Sugar and Black Salt Lenormand decks, which are also just fantastic, very yes. cool stylized Lenormand decks. So I think that Lenormand was maybe kind of my like at least card. Oh, your big fancy the- theme yeah. during the uh, hiatus. That's but cool. But I can't get enough of them. I just love them so much.
0: Yeah. What decks did you get? I got three tarot decks. Two of them are by the same creator. Oh. It's- well okay so stray cat tarot they i believe they're yeah. in i believe they're a crater in thailand maybe and they also did a one of, with dogs oh my god how have i never so seen cute. that before and they're so cute i don't i don't is, know how is you the can dog one all shiba inus no it's, no 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 it's all different dogs it's all Esther. different dogs they're what so the heck, cute man? And then let me see. So the hermit is this schnauzer. Oh my god! So cute. That's so cute. They're all so cute and adorable. I can't deal with it. So yeah, let me see. Are the cats so, all
1: sorts of different cats too? Yes,
0: they're all different cats, but and they're also like based off of cats that are um, in, in the world. It, not only the world, but in um, shelters. That oh, the person oh, cool. Went to. So yes, That's uh, an sun. Awesome look at the chow chow for the sun he's so
1: cute little face so, face. A little face.
0: so yes so those th- those my like two decks and then i also uh got and i really love this deck is the circle uh rider weight smith isn't it I, great? I, lo- I love it so much i want to get like two more one for work yeah i don't I, the pictures seem a lot closer like more, right you know in, not, I don't want to say in your face. What's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like zoomed in, zoomed in. It's kind of gives you that Morgan Greer feel where you're like right in the scene with it. Yeah, and so, totally. And I also got that really during nice. the hiatus. I love it a round soft. deck also. Me too.
1: And I think that having, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I, one of the other decks that I got was that Wiser sent me the Wiser oh, yes. tarot. Uh-huh. And so I think, and I talked about this and I posted an Instagram reel about it because I was like, they sent this to me and I should do the kind thing of actually oh, posting right, right, about right. it. But one of the things that I said in that post was like, the cool thing about the rider Wade Smith going out of copyright is that we people get to do stuff like that. Yeah, this. exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. you can have a cool round deck of it. It's yeah. just so neat. I'm just so it into is. it. So
0: those so. are the three decks that I purchased over our hiatus. Awesome. And I've been I looking love it. at other decks, but nothing ever kind of, like even today, I was just like, meh. Eh. So. Yeah. We have a lot. I mean, we yeah. own a lot of decks. Sure. Uh, a
1: a non tarot deck, a non cart cardamancy deck that I got uh that I freaking love. I bought it four times since my friend Brie brought it to my house is this card game called Quictionary? Oh, you, this would actually be so good for schools, but okay. So, uh, in July, my, my friends and yours, Brie, Jackie, and Natalie all came to my house. Oh yes. yes, yes. Um, Natalie from heating bosoms and Jackie and Brie from like romance landia, just being around. um, And Brie, which is, this is so smart when you're going to somebody else's house is Brie brought like two different card games Mm -hmm. because you don't think about it when you're no longer a child, but people are still producing interesting new card games all the time. So I brought this, so Brie left it at my house. I brought it to my parents' house in July and we played like innumerable rounds of it. And then I bought one for my sister, one for my mom and dad, and another one for me because my mom, it's a long story. But anyway, Basically, there are three different colors of cards, yellow, blue, and red, and uh-huh. they all have something that you're looking for. So I'm going to give okay. you an example round because it's, it's okay. like a word play game. Yeah. And if we can't do it, it's okay. People will understand what we mean. Let me come up with something that's a little bit easier than that one. Okay, so it would be like contains the letters M-O, mm-hmm. uses the same vowel twice, and is the title of a movie. And then you'd have to come up with a word that's all of those oh, okay. things. So it contains the letter M-O, uses the same vowel twice, and is the title of a movie. So the funny thing about the game is that there is a lot of sitting around in silence, as people are thinking. But it's also uh-huh. a lot of teamwork. Yeah. So, I mean, is there a movie called Moo?
0: <laughs> do the word, do letters M-O have to be beside each other? Yes. Okay. That was what I was what I was wondering. It was like you can't do like Schindler's List, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. Not that that but, that yeah. doesn't have an M or an I o know in it doesn't. <laughs> but I was, th- I was, <laughs> I was know thinking like a, leave a like a League of Their Own or a something a League of like Their that.
1: Moan, moan. <laughs> Exactly. That that's like the porn. Actually, of, that <laughs> is what the freaking a League of <laughs> um, Their Moan is kind of like what the show A League of Their Own is. It oh, is so <laughs> so so good spicy. and so sexy. <laughs> Uh, okay. The M O. Anytime there's a two-letter one, it's a little bit hard. Okay. What about contains the yeah. letter C, uses the same vowel twice, and is the title of a movie?
0: Catch me if you can.
1: Sure, I'll take it. Yeah. Catch me if you. Yeah. There's two A's in there. Two
0: A's in there. Yeah.
1: And then you, if somebody were like, no, it has to be one word, then you can kind of oh. go back and forth to okay. like come up with stuff. I don't know. It's like it's not a very
0: fast-paced game. Right. are playing
1: to whoever has five wins first. Okay. And it's just a it's a good conversation starter, and I have loved playing it. Oh,
0: that and does my sound sister. Like lots I think that
1: they should make like a simplified version for my sister's a speech therapist. And oh, I right, think it oh, right, It would be really good for that also, just as like mm-hmm. a little game of like whatever wordplay.
0: Yeah, an animal that has this yeah, letter, or this letter, like or stuff kid like that. Version. Yeah. You can have that,
1: whoever created this, Chronicle (laughs) Books. You can have the kid version of Quictionary. But I just really like it. So I've been playing a lot of that. It's really enjoyable. And then the other thing that I wanted to touch base on really fast that I've gotten a lot out of, and I haven't even gotten that far into this book, but my sister bought it. And she's really liked it, and so she made me buy it. It's called Raising a Sensory Smart Child, the definitive handbook to helping your child with sensory processing issues. Okay, I obviously am not a parent. Uh-huh. Nor do I work with small children. But right. as somebody with some sensory processing issues, the even the intro to this was like, oh my God. <laughs> like very illuminating. <laughs> so if you feel like you're somebody with some sensory processing issues, even if it's just like fabric like me, which is yeah. my main one, or some sounds... Reading a book written for parents dealing with children with that issue is like a way to reparent yourself yes. about those issues. Yeah. So, like, a lot of the things where I've been like, oh, well, I think that I can self-diagnose with ADHD, and I have no mm-hmm. interest in a formal diagnosis because I'm never going to take medicine for it. Right. And right. also because I've already, at 35, come up with many strategies to have it not impact my life negatively, mm-hmm. which is one of the parameters for getting a diagnosis anyway. Right. Like, I already have learned a lot of the tools the hard way but whatever so this sort of thing is so good in that sort of situation if you're feeling like there's something a little bit like neurodivergent about you or if Mm -hmm. you have any sensory issues to find some sort of resource for parents dealing with kids with those issues and especially this one because it is not it's not like able like what is the word i'm looking at ableist ableist yeah thank you it's not ableist at all. It's, like, very, very approachable. Temple Grandin actually wrote the foreword for it. Oh. Um, and this is the third edition. Anyway, I really like it. And basically the gist of it is that there aren't five senses. There are eight senses. Oh, and some okay. of them, the three that are not, you know, touch, sight, sound, smell, hearing, are ones that are the way that your body sort of interacts with itself and the world around you. And so, okay. like, there's... um. The idea that like, like some of the stimming behavior, like if you're somebody Mm -hmm. who needs to like walk around or you like being upside down or... One of mine that I've had since I was a small child is sleeping with my head at the foot of the bed. Like it just resolves my insomnia. Mm-hmm. And that's all this one sense that's fully related to the way that you're sensing your body orienting in the world. Oh. And my sister and I both do that. Like if we can't sleep, we'll both put our heads at the foot of the bed and then mm-hmm. the sleep problem will go away. Oh, well. And all of yeah. that is being like hypersensitive to the way that we're feeling our bodies in the right. world around us. And so we've both come up with solutions to it, which is just sleep upside down, basically. Yeah. But it's just like filled with sort of tips and tricks for how you would help a child Mm -hmm. work through some of these issues. And I just found it so illuminating. So it's called Raising a Sensory Smart Child. And it is something that I think that if anyone has any feelings of sensory issues would be helpful for even if you're not raising a kid with it
0: right 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 exactly (laughs) we are the children that we're raising with
1: our sensory (laughs) exactly I I mean that even talks about strategies for like picky eaters or people who are really sensitive to light and like it goes like here's what they're experiencing so you can be more empathetic to it right give yourself the empathy that you need right and then strategies for working through it or for uh-huh. working around it it's just like it's a really interesting book so right highly recommend. okay oh i like that thank you do we want to talk about romance novels too in
0: the last like um, four minutes
1: before we break we,
0: we can i i i yes if you'd like to we can you were not
1: a big romance this summer no
0: because love was dead for five months <laughs>
1: All right. Well, then
0: I'm going to. And then and then this past week, it's been it's been bad. I know. Yeah. I know. Well,
1: you might have finally uh, broken the Aaron curse of not wanting to publish her romance novel. We'll see. I sent Esther a copy of our friend Aaron's romance novel that's unreleased. And Esther, I cried. Sent the me whole a thing. five minute long voice. Just crying
0: about All what she loved. Whole thing cried which is awesome and i have the
1: same reaction when i reread it when i first sent it to you i was like god damn it i love this book so much
0: like it's not even like like logical stuff to cry over no it would be like one sentence and i'd be like Ah, they know each other so well it's Um, wild
1: i just think that aaron is such a talented writer and it really is like knocked it out of the park so Hopefully, in a couple of months, we'll be able to start suggesting that people buy that novel. I think we may, we may convince have a, her to self-publish a
0: romance episode. Maybe. Yeah,
1: exactly. But some other recent romances that I loved was Sarah McLean's new book, uh, Heartbreaker. So I don't know mm-hmm. if you've read that series. I don't because you don't really do historical Not yet. as much. Yeah. So it's like a girl gang, which is based on an actual girl gang of just like women who are just like problem solving. Yes. And in this one, she's trying to break up a marriage that she thinks would be bad. She knows that the, the woman in the marriage is like very young and she just wants freedom from her family, blah, 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 blah. And then she, and this very like stuck up sort of fancy Duke, who's the brother of the groom. Mm-hmm. they are racing to uh prevent the marriage from happening and then they fall in love along the way and it's very fun and very Uh-oh. road trip romance very there's yeah. like only one bed all the good tropes. of course we love the trip. it's just yes. so much fun <laughs> and then the other one that i really 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 liked was was it yeah so this is all historical i have two more historicals to recommend and these all came out in the last month or are coming out next month because I've just been like, I've been so wrapped up in these specific novels that I keep rereading them. Sophie Aww. Jordan also has a new book that is called The Scoundrel Falls Hard.
0: I bought those first three books. Okay. Because I had sc- a gift card. The Scoundrel
1: so, yeah. Falls Hard was so much fun. She's a female blacksmith and she's oh. on her own, like her family's all gone and he's a scoundrel and they kind of like get pushed into each other's path. Because she's trying to save his life and it's just so is. good. She's such a cool heroine. I just really, really, really liked it. And then where's my, what was the name of that Eva Lee that I loved? Oh, how the wallflower was one. This is a new oh, one. That's yes, coming out I in I saw September. that one. Yeah. I really like the series. It starts out with like two brothers who are friends breaking off them or helping the groom who's about to marry their sister escape the marriage because mm-hmm. he's panicking. And then the oh. first two books are both of those brothers finding love. Okay. And then the third one that's going to be coming out uh, eventually next year sometime is about the groom and the bride from that initial wedding that broke up, like uh-huh. having a second chance, but oh. the world, I mean, Eva Lee is such a good writer. She's so funny. She makes all mm-hmm. of her characters so charming. And I really, really loved the one that's about to come out in September that's called How the Wallflower Was Won.
0: Yeah.
1: It's just like, I just, we're so lucky that so many people write such fun freaking I know. books.
0: It is. It is it is. Did fun. I
1: read anything else that was like just really, really mind blowing that I can think of recently? Probably not. I've had a lot of DNFs in the last couple of months. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh uh, yeah, that's true. I did end up buying for myself what was it the scandalized book from Ivy Owens. Oh and yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, I like this much through. Oh, you're gonna like it. So she's really funny. Don't you think it's a fun book? it's It's really cute so far because I was like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding a me? a Korean hero? <laughs> well, also also the, the the crime spoiler alert that's in this book is an act the actual crime that I told you about in the clubs here. Like, that's what she's alluding to is oh. the crime in this book is the one that was in Korea. But yeah. she moved it to London, which I was like, oh. interesting. So oh, yeah, I didn't even put that together. You're totally right. I did because I'm a mystery because you live
1: in Korea. You're, <laughs> you're in dealing Korea, with the
0: <laughs> I'm dealing with the re- in real time and people not getting. Yeah, sentences. exactly. Um, and so I have that. And then I also ordered um, people we meet on vacation because, again, oh. I had. But I ordered like a hard copy of it. Smart. Because that I have was also friends really here that really want to read like hard copy books. So I'm like, well, I might as well buy it used. So Yeah, I really liked that one,
1: too. It's like not very steamy, yeah. but the romance part is fantastic. And I also just really love a grumpy. And, and, th- and that one, they're actually both grumpy, too. They're which both is grump fun. grumps.
0: <laughs> yeah. I love a good grump grump.
1: It's a grump grump. <laughs> Uh, did you see the tweet that I read? You did because you liked it. The I The tweet think so. that I retweeted that was like, um, my favorite trope is idiots to lovers. Oh, yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was
0: like, well, first of all, I'm just like, okay, what what books are we talk about here? Yeah. What can somebody like give know, me also- a suggestion? <laughs> Actually, also, I do have I a suggestion idiot
1: of idiots to lovers. <laughs> okay, uh, it's good, one good. of the Tessa Bailey's that came out this year. Let me oh, okay. It. It, uh, hook, Line, and Sinker
0: hook line and sinker okay it's
1: really cute and it's full blown idiots to lovers like you it's so obvious that they love each other and they're just such idiots (laughs) and I love that trope (laughs) I don't know why
0: Uh, it gives me such joy I love it (coughs) so much anyway what do you think is that our show I think so did, oh, we have altros to do and I forgot we did altros before I was like I love <laughs> oh, this trope and I love you Holly I, yeah and I love you
1: one more announcement we are oh, yes. starting a, to recap Charmed again on Patreon oh, yes. we're gonna do a recap of all of season 2 and a recap of all of season 3 so that we can get out of the Shannon Doherty years um, for those of you who listened to our recap of season 1 uh, we're not big fans I mean I'm sure she's a lovely See? person but that character is annoying as hell
0: Yes, we appreciate a charm for what it was, but we need to move it into the future just like Right, exactly. So over the next two weeks, we'll be doing that,
1: um, and that's our show. It is. Don't forget just to send us your questions. Even though we're breaking into the seasonal structure, we'll still be soliciting questions along the way, so send us yep. your questions. You can find all of our contact information at wildlytarot.com, which every single month we got charged for hosting fees. Nathan was like, are you sure that the podcast is coming back? And I'd be like, yes, I'm sure. <laughs>
0: none so of us use have our website come back. exactly yeah, exactly <laughs> and also tell your friends about us right and review us we got some reviews while we were on the hiatus and it's so so nice to go Did look we? at those reviews on apple and also and also to be like the, still the highest you know rated re, you know pod uh, tarot podcast and we're awesome. still getting reviews that's amazing so thank you very much for that and also you can follow us on uh you know tell your friends Yes. And it helps us grow. There we go. That's, what, yeah, that's where I am. We in, appreciate in it. Yep. We, although
1: we're less worried about growth. We just want we you are. to keep listening. Yes. We want you
0: to keep listening. <laughs> uh,
1: you can also follow us on Instagram at wildly tarot podcast or join our Facebook community by searching for wildly tarot podcast on Facebook.
0: And also if that's not your flavor of S of SNS, SNS is a Korean way of saying social media. <laughs> <laughs> you can join our discord server and we have merch on red bubble everything that you could want is in our show notes so click yeah. click that and remember god it feels good to say this again go forth and tarot wildly this week
1: everybody we, we love, love you you so <laughs>